Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hello, salutations, guten tag, or bloop, or however else you say hello, and welcome to VFTR 2.0. I am Chad, and I am coming to you from the cave, and I am once again joined by the co-host with the mostest, my good buddy, we call him Big Baby Daddy Diesel. Thank you, Dadalak. Someone start calling you. Uh, I am joining you from Diesel's Dapper Dungeon of Delight, and it's great to be back after our one-week holiday. Yeah, took last week off, folks. Uh, Diesel had stuff going on, and I'm you know still adjusting to being a new father, so took the week off. We're back, and we're it's going to be a fun episode this week. I think I don't know what's going to happen. It's we're just it's. It's going to be a good one. I, I just have this feeling. He's got a feeling deep in his soul. And I know. That my it's, butt. It's only going to be an okay episode. I'm just kidding. It's going to be a great episode as always. Because, yes, we are back. And I guess no more preamble needed. So, hashtag TRT time. And this week. So, as Diesel. I, we've talked about it before. Diesel's getting married this upcoming week. And I, you know, two days. two days, yeah, from the time of recording, yeah, which is wild to think about. How you feeling about that, there, buddy? Uh, we're we're not ready. Like we've been, like we got all the major stuff ready to go, but we're like, we need to start like packing up the stuff we need so we can take it to the place tomorrow. There's like decorating stuff like that. Yeah, we're not ready. <laughs> well, on that note, and you know. Me just having my first child, Diesel having their first child, you know, six months ago. Got a little nostalgic seven. and also. He just had a seven month birthday on Saturday. Seven month birthday. Sorry. Seven months ago. Miscoos. Miscoos. <laughs> They're six months apart. All right. That's what my brain was referencing. All right. I forgot that my own child is already a month old. All right. It doesn't, it, it didn't compute. It's 10 in the morning, but people, all right? <laughs> I'm not as good in the morning as I am in the afternoon. Whatever. I also listened back to the first two episodes that are View from the Top Rope because, I don't know, I was just bumming around on SoundCloud and I happened to go back and listen to us talk about Jason Jordan uh, being Kurt Angle's son. And it made me really think back and get nostalgic about how crazy pro wrestling is and how much things change. So I, this week, decided for hashtag TRT, we're going to do a look back at how the world was in 2017. Not 2018, folks. 2017. And uh, yeah, we're going to start with some pro wrestling. So Diesel, first of all, any like significant memories that you can remember from 2017? Uh, let's see here. 
Well, 2017 was when we went to Fastlane. So that was Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title at WrestleMania and Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. So that WrestleMania would have been 33, I think. Uh, it is WrestleMania 33. Was the, was the main event at WrestleMania 33 uh, Lesnar reigns? No, we already uh, said Lesnar was Goldberg Lesnar. Yeah, it was Brock uh, Lesnar defeating Goldberg. Yeah, never mind then. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's been so long, like, with that episode that you just uh, brought up talking about Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son. I forgot that happened until right now. I mean, like, I knew it happened, but, like, I haven't thought about that in a while. And that's that's crazy that that's the time we started this podcast. That was like the big thing going on. So. Well, Daniel right. Bryan was already retired at this point. Yep. Brand split was in 2017. Wasn't it? Uh, like later 2017. No, I think it. Yeah. I mean, cause Kurt Angle returned uh, in April to be the new general manager of raw. So we had to have the brand split. Yeah, right after WrestleMania, right? Yeah, yeah. And the next WrestleMania, that was when he tagged with Ronda. So, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mick Foley was the end of his reign as GM. Yeah, yeah, so it was already the brand split because if we went to Fastlane, the brand split was in 2016. Damn, that was a long time ago. It seems like it wasn't that long ago that they redid the brand split. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, it's already been six years since the brand split was once again reinvigorated. Man, time's a fickle bitch. But yes, it is. And so looking back, right before we would have started this podcast, because as we said, the Jason Jordan stuff was right around June, July. Uh, but we were already in talks of beginning the podcast right around now. Right around now, I believe, is actually when Diesel would have ordered the podcasting equipment. And yeah, then it took us a while that. to actually use said podcasting equipment and get things set up. Sounds about right. Yeah. I can't believe it's been half a decade. Half a decade of this fun stuff that we put out for you each and every week. But once again... Pro wrestling was crazy back in 2017 because Diesel in January of 2017. Do you know what the WWE held? Was it the greatest Royal Rumble? Nope. No. It was. Oh. Oh, was it Raw 25? Uh, maybe, but no, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm looking for. The WWE held the WWE United Championship Tournament to crown the first ever WWE United Kingdom Kingdom Champion. The most oh, gorgeous man. belt in all in pro wrestling. What a hell of a tournament. And then Tyler Bate is the one who came out on top. Like, the last guy you thought would actually win it all. And, like, then his, like, rivalry with Pete Dunne over the next, like, year and a half. Epicness. It's crazy to think that there's only been four UK champions and it's been five years since the belt has been in existence. Yeah. And I, I think even without the like pandemic, you know, creating the 
need for them not to change the belt in some ways and like they just couldn't i don't think they would have still that many more champions anyways because the uk championship is like now and it's really unfortunate that wwe uh nxc uk just more people don't watch it because there's great wrestling on it and hey i'm one of the people who generally doesn't find time to watch it i do every once in a while but i won't lie i'm a busy person i have a lot of things on my plate so i don't i don't always watch it but it's always great stuff and man that title is beautiful yeah in the last five years some of the best matches in wwe has come from nxt uk 100 percent true uh another thing i wanted to spotlight real quick in march jack swagger was released from the wwe wow we the people like he was he was super over at that point still like just because of we the people and it's crazy because so so 2019 when aew started so it was damn he was only out of wrestling for two years it felt a lot longer than that yeah he had that entire ufc career in those two years hey he never lost a fight either yeah. Oh, I wasn't even sarcastically saying he had a UFC. No, no, career. He's, no like, he's legit. Like, yeah. that's like, I didn't, I wasn't really that big a fan of him when he was Jack Swagger. I just thought he was kind of lame. They were, they were trying to push him like Kurt Angle, but like, he just didn't have that charisma that Kurt Angle had. Yeah. And then when he went away and like was a legit like MMA fighter, and then when they brought him into the fold in AEW, it's like, I felt differently about him because he actually, is a legit fighter and like even though i knew that he was an all-american wrestler in college so that was his gimmick and everything like that it's just i don't know i just had more respect for him as a professional wrestler and i don't dislike him like i used to yeah jack swagger is a weird one because it's like career trajectory like in the wwe was so weird because like they tried to push him way too early i feel like and they made him a champion when he just wasn't like none of us were like believing him like yeah he was a great college wrestler and everything like that but he just didn't seem he was too green he didn't he like couldn't cut a good promo like he just couldn't like he didn't get the crowd going whatever and then he kind of like fell off for a while and then he came back with the you know um Cesaro and Zeb Coulter for yeah. the we the people <laughs> shit and like had the craziest gimmick ever and it was so like racially insensitive but it somehow wasn't and it like still worked and like the people like hated it but also loved it it was a weird thing and that got him real popular again and then he kind of branched off on his own and was doing really well and then yeah the wwe just cut him loose they were like ah no you go i mean he always had a reputation of being like a little bit reckless and injuring people too i think where they have him in aew is jake hager which is i believe is a shoot name uh i believe that that is the perfect spot for him in professional wrestling. He's not top guy like WWE positioned him, but he's in the top stories because he's with Chris Jericho and he's like Chris Jericho's bodyguard. He feels more right in that role where he'll wrestle like every now and then, but you're not pushing him as like a superstar. Like he's, he's perfect where he's at in AEW. And this is the role he probably should have been in in his whole career. Yeah, because he does, especially after the whole UFC stuff, he comes off as a legitimate badass, and he 
seems like a legitimate badass and his you know reckless nature kind of plays into that yeah so next thing i found of interest uh in april karen jarrett announces that global force wrestling had merged with impact wrestling on april 20th of 2017 and the gfw championships have since appeared on impact wrestling television Oh, dude, I remember because I was watching Impact at this time. I remember when all this went down and it was very short lived because it was also uh, with Anthem, too. Or Anthem was like shortly after GFW. Like, I can't remember like exactly how that like fit in, but that's when it turned to Impact from TNA. And like, it was very, very short-lived. Also, at the same time, I believe we had the thing with Dixie Carter and uh, Billy Corgan, where Billy Corgan bought Impact, and then it went into court, and then it got reversed. And, like, yeah, at this point, like, five years ago, I felt like Impact was done, and it wasn't going to exist anymore. And it's it's actually doing really well right now. So it's it's crazy. Like, I thought that impact was done like thought wwe was just gonna swoop in and buy their library and like bam because that five years ago wwe didn't have anybody to go against there was no aew like roh was awesome but it was just like it was a small pond compared to this big ocean of wwe like and even though even though aew is only a lake it's still bigger than a small pond yeah i mean they're they're becoming maybe a sea at this point. They're not the ocean or anything like that, but they could be like the Caspian Sea or another smaller sea or something like that. It's not the Dead Sea because they're not dead. Smart, smart diesel. But yeah, I can't believe that. And I don't say this with, like, I mean this as a compliment and it might not come off as one, but Impact is the most powerful cockroach that I have ever seen in my entire life. They are just so resilient and unkillable i've been watching impact since i was and i mean tna since i was in high school and even when i was watching it in high school every week that i watched it i thought it was going to be the last week of tna slash impact like they have always been on the precipice of the cliff of falling off into either obscurity or being the worst thing on television, or sometimes being the worst thing on television, and then somehow still surviving and now thriving. Like, they are the cockroach of pro wrestling. And I mean that as a very good compliment because that's how I play board games, because the cockroach always survives, and sometimes the cockroach wins. And I'm going to keep saying cockroach, and I don't know why. So... I think it's crazy to think how there's been more episodes of impact than nitro and thunder combined. And the reason it's crazy to think that is because WCW was like during the wrestling boom where like wrestling was everything. Wrestling was in the mainstream. WCW was in the mainstream Impact has never been in the mainstream and it's not a household name. There's a lot of people that don't even know exists. And there's a lot of people that still think that WWE is the only wrestling that exists. So it's, it's just weird to think that it's lasted that long, that it, it's outlived 
WCW. And it's weird also to think that basically when they started, they just took over where WCW left off with some pretty crappy booking and yeah, just old guys. Like it was WCW light. It was weird. Yeah, I, I, I honestly just am so shocked that they're still around. And now, as you said, are probably doing the best they've you know ever done since way back in the day. Yeah, since Spike TV, since before they decided to go on Monday nights, they're probably yeah. doing the best they've ever done. Wild stuff, and they've survived. You know, Dixie Carter's, the Karen Jarrett's, the the Hulk Hogan's, the Eric Bischoff's. They just the cockroach of pro wrestling. Love it. Love it. So also apparently 2017 was the year of the tournament. And I had forgotten about this because in July, basically right as we started this cruiserweight tournament. No, it is not the cruiserweight tournament. First of all, new Japan pro wrestling in July through the first ever tournament to crown the first ever IWGP United States heavyweight champion. Wow, that seems like that was a lot sooner than five years ago, too. Yeah. Kenny Omega won, right? Kenny Omega, the first ever IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. Crazy to think that belt's only five years old. I know. It is. And, I mean, it's had a fair amount of champions, but, like, same time, not that many for being a five-year-old championship. And, like, how sometimes New Japan will, like, hot potato a belt that's not the, like, big belts. Like, mid-card belts, the hot potato a lot. So, it's kind of surprising, like, that it's, like, a normal amount of championship, like, overturn. Yeah, I feel like the New Japan, you know, treats most of their championships with a, a bit of esteem. I mean, the never open weight belt goes up and down sometimes it's seen as kind of a weird championship other times it's held at higher prestige than the trios belts are what they are so the way they've handled the iwgp united states championship is pretty good i think honestly sometimes it's almost been you know stated or kind of just slated on the card at the same level almost as the you know iwgp heavyweight championship and it's dropped a little bit down the card but i mean it's always stated the higher like levels of the other championship belts and now it's more important than it ever has been since they merged the intercontinental title with the iwgp title and with their like them being a more bigger presence in america like it's uh it's definitely their second like most important championship and it's probably I mean, I don't know the history well enough to like say this is fact, but it could be their most important uh, mid card title in their history. Yeah, I mean the IWGP As, at this point. Yeah, the Intercontinental. Now that it's gone, I would say it's probably it's it's their most influential or it's most important current running championship. Mm-hmm. I would say. Also, though, in July, WWE holds the first four rounds of the May Young Classic. Okay, the May Young Classic, both of them were good. I still thought the best was the Cruiserweight Classic, and I think it's a shame they only did it once. But I also feel like they felt scorned 
because they really wanted Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. And neither of them like, no, like we're doing this tournament because it's a cool thing, but we're not working for you. No. Um, so yeah, I know that was 2016, but still weird to think that TJP was the winner <laughs> against Grand Metal League. Right. Neither of them guys, worth the company. Yeah. Like who the hell thought that would be the finals? So I want to do a sidebar. I know we're talking about 17, but I want to sidebar. See how many people are still a part of the WWE that competed in that tournament? The only two people I can think of off the top of my head are Champa and Tazawa. I think I saw the stat that I think you're right. I think there's only two people left from the entire Cruiserweight Classic. I can look it up. Hold on. Give me one second. No, no, Cedric Alexander, too. Is he? Yeah, I guess he is still part of the company. Full time, yeah, Diesel. Most of the people, yeah, have left and gone elsewhere, and a lot of them are still wrestling today, but, like, that that tournament was awesome. And the – dude, do you remember who was the announced crew for that tournament? It was Mauro and Daniel Bryan. Yep. And, like – there were so many good moments, like when uh, Brian Kendricks lost his match and Daniel Bryan went and gave him a hug, or like when the crowd is chanting, please sign Cedric. Like, I'm going to go back. If that's on Peacock, I'm going to watch that fucking tournament. That was a great fucking tournament. All right. So I found the competitors. Here we go. Grand Metal League, not with the company. Tajiri, not with the company. I forgot Tajiri was in there. Zack Sabre Jr., not with the company. Noam Dar, still with the company. Wow. Yeah, but he's, he? I think so. I think pretty he's sure he's in, on NXT UK. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched it in a while though, but I love Noam Dar. Yeah. Uh Koto Ibushi, not with the company. Jack Gallagher, thankfully not with the company. Apparently a fuckhead. Cedric Alexander, still with the company. Damak, definitely not with the company. <laughs> Tony Nese, not with the company, but you know, doing Dude, pretty well for himself. himself. Yeah. Jugulak. Yeah. Ho Ho Loon, not with the company. Kenneth Johnson, not with the company. Alejandro Saez, not with the company. Anthony Bennett, Clement Patat, Fabian Eichner, not with the company. Still with the company. Oh, he is. He is? Yeah, he he was in uh Imperium. And now that Walter and uh what's his face got moved up, he's still technically in NXT. They never released him. So oh. Fabian Eichner is still with the company. I forgot he was in the Cruiserweight Classic. I, I did as well. Here's two others I forgot uh, were in the Cruiserweight Classic, and I think they might still be with the company because it's Harv Sarah and Gerv Sarah, a.k.a. the Bollywood Boys. No, I think the Bollywood Boys have been released. Have they been since? All right. I thought maybe I they were so. like a main event mainstay or something. No, I think they've gotten released. Uh, TJ Perkins, not with the company. Sean Maluda. Not with the company. Um, and Lince Dorado. Not with the company. Not with the company. Did you say Drew Gulak? Uh, I didn't. Oh, what? There's still more. Raul Mendoza. Not with the company. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Rich Swan. Not with the company. Wait. I want to say yes to Raul Mendoza, but I'm not 100%. I feel like he is. Yeah, isn't he? He's uh, yeah. with uh, the one guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't think of their name. Yeah. 
Phantasma. Uh, Rich, yeah. Rich Swan. Nope. Damian Slater. Nope. Tyson Ducks. Nope. Hey, there's Akira Tozawa. Yep. Drew Gulak. Yep. Arya Davari. I think is Davari. Nope. No. Davari has been wrestling in uh, AEW a lot lately. Huh. Jason Lee. Don't know who you are. Brian yeah, Kendrick. Uh, Jason Lee is uh, Earl from My Name is Earl. <laughs> good, good shout, but no. Uh, Brian Kendrick and Johnny Gargano. Nope. Tommaso Ciampa. Yup. That's everybody. I was like six. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's crazy. Like, that's a good batch of talent right there. And like, oh man, 205 Live like when it started was the best show that the WWE was producing and oh man, it's, it, it crashed and burned like hard. Once they gave the title to Enzo, that was, that was the death of 205 live. It really was. And in some ways I've seen people like do articles about it and talk about it. In some ways, Cruiserweight Classic was the greatest thing that happened. And also the worst thing that ever happened because yeah, it put like the cruiserweight. The, all the matches were great, and I loved it, and everything like that. But it also like made the WWE think, "Oh, we should only put the small guys against the small guys, and that's all they should do." Yeah, and like, and they had they thought they were doing something good by putting cruiserweights on Raw, but then by them changing the ropes and making it like this is different. This isn't Monday Night Raw main roster wrestling. You're watching cruiserweights. That's why they have purple ropes and the lighting's changed. And like it, they shouldn't have presented them in that way when they had them on Raw. But yeah, no, it, it was a great thing though. So Cruiserweight Classic in 2016, amazing. Probably some of the, you know, foundation of why we're like, hey, we should start a podcast so we can talk about this kind of stuff. Probably. Look at me. Let me wrap it all up into a nice little package. Uh, but then for a few other things that happened, uh, Shine held a title tournament uh, to claw, or crown the first ever Shine Nova champion. This said 2017 was the year of the tournament, apparently. And uh, does it say? What? Who does won? It say Priscilla who won? Kelly. Okay. Priscilla Kelly. For some other fun stuff that happened, you know who made a surprise return at WrestleMania that year? Who? The Hardy Boys returned. Oh, my God. That was that WrestleMania? Correct. Wow. That was five years ago? Damn. So that was was the WrestleMania with Bray Wyatt and uh, Randy Orton, wasn't it? Uh, I can tell you in one second, I believe it was storylines. Cause like, yeah, I remember enjoying that WrestleMania and that moment when the Hardy boys, uh, came out like, cause we knew they were going to be there, but there was still that, like, maybe they're not going to be there. And the new day coming out saying they're adding another tag team. They're in their gear. So it's like, they're just going to add themselves, but they didn't because that was weird because they're hosting WrestleMania too, for some reason. But, and then the Hardy boys came out and they got a pop and then they won the raw tag team champions. And like, you're like feeling like you're a kid all over again because like Hardy boys are tag team champions and 
they're back home in the WWE and five years later they're both wrestling for AEW. It's really weird that they're five years later just having their you know re-debut in AEW. Like good for the Hardys. They've been going since we were kids and they did a lot of dumb things to their bodies. Like they were wrestling on Monday Night Raw when they were doing little like clubs and little tiny venues. Like Jeff Hardy's first match, I'm pretty sure, was against Razor Ramon when he wasn't even 18 years old yet and they didn't know. They just put him on Monday Night Raw. Like that's crazy to think that they've been wrestling since the early 90s. Uh, you are correct. This was the WrestleMania with Bray Wyatt. Taking on Randy Orton. So much potential. One of the best stories up until about a couple weeks before WrestleMania, and they totally blew it. Like, it was like, oh, the way they booked it with Randy Orton being in the Wyatt family, and then uh, and then Luke Harper, and then not putting Luke Harper in the match. One of the worst mistakes they've ever done. Oh, Luke Harper yeah, should have so- won the whole damn thing. He definitely should have. We were talking about that like two weeks ago, weren't we? Just on this show. A couple weeks ago, yeah. 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 Uh, also, a quick shout out because I didn't say it at the beginning. Uh, these facts are all coming from uh, ProWrestlingFandom.com. Uh, P.S. That's what I'm checking this out on. So I've made my way down to the debuts uh, and returns, which is why I've switched it up. I was at the top of the page just oh, for major but events. I'm, like I said, I'm just going with the flow. You're, you're yeah. taking the lead and I'm just going with it. So Yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to Pro Wrestling Fandom so people knew that I didn't just pull these facts out my ass and or what I was getting them from. Dot com. Dot com. Slash wiki slash 2017. Uh, for other big returns and debuts, there wasn't a lot in 2017, according to them. Uh, we had uh, Leo Rush made his WWE debut in NXT. I remember that. I was excited for that. It was kind of underwhelming. I mean, his career has kind of been underwhelming. Like, I remember when he won the, what's that tournament they had in Ring of Honor? Um, prospect break, tournament. Oh, the prospect? Oh, or is it the yeah, he won tournament? the, no, the breakout tournaments in NXT. Okay. Uh, the prospect tournament. tournaments. I know. But when Leo Rush won the prospect tournament, I remember like, dude, this guy is going to be a star. He's only like 20 years old. And he was great in, NXT, or, uh, in Ring of Honor. And then he got to WWE and I was excited. And his whole run there was very underwhelming and ending with him being Bobby Lashley's manager, which is like a stain that Bobby Lashley probably wants to forget in his career because that was just a horrible run for him. And like, I'm glad that he came out of like that, like better off winning the championship and stuff. But yeah, Leo Rush, underwhelming career. And it yeah. makes me sad because he had a lot of potential. Uh, here's another actual good return, just because we're talking a lot about our childhood. And this guy came straight back, and he's still going today. So crazy to think that he was gone for so long. But Shelton Benjamin made a surprise return to WWE at WWE SmackDown in August to be Chad Gable's new tag team partner. Oh, man. That's five years ago, too. Jeez, he's still with the company. Which yeah. is awesome because I, I love Shelton Benjamin. I remember he got drafted by SmackDown in the original like draft when they did the reboot of the brand split. And remember, like they had that like vignette of coming soon, and it had his uh, old music. 
Ain't no stopping me. No. I don't remember. We were watching that together. We got so jacked because that's like entrance music is awesome. And then when he returned, yeah, he was Chad Gable's partner. So then he got the, they weren't American Alpha. What was their name? Oh, that, that I don't know. I, and I don't have it right here. And you had a special name for him as well. The gold standard. That's what you called them. I did call them that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was, they were a good heel tag team. Cause I was annoyed at the, I was still annoyed that they broke up American Alpha and that they put these guys together because they could have still just had American Alpha, but they were a good heel tag team. They won the titles a couple times. And yeah, looking back on it, like I have fond memories of them being a tag team. All right. Uh, two more debuts or slash returns. I wanted to talk about that. I see here because in October, and this is crazy to think about just because to see where they all are now. The Shield reunited on October 9th in 2017 at Monday Night Raw. That's crazy to think, too, that their first reunion was five years ago. So is this. Damn. Oh. I'm trying to think of why they reunited. I can't remember because this is obviously after Seth Rollins' injury and he was already back because he came back and like he slayed Triple H at WrestleMania. Yeah, but even before then, because he came back right away and it was a shocking thing. And then right away he had a title match against Roman Reigns, beat Roman Reigns, and then Dean Ambrose beat him because he cashed in the money in the bank, which is one of the coolest things that the WWE has ever done. I will give them credit for that. I really like that, that they did that. Um, so this was about a year later when they did that. So, like, I'm trying to think, like, where everybody was at this point. I just don't remember this happening. Why? Do you know why they reunited? I don't. Hmm. That's something that I probably have to look up then. I was going to say, I was trying to cycle through this page to see if I could figure out why. I mean, it's only like a little over a year later when Dean Ambrose leaves and becomes John Moxley again and joins AEW. So this is pre-Roman Reigns leukemia stuff. This is... Is this after John Moxley came back and was like super like jacked up? Because uh, when Roman had the leukemia stuff, because they were doing shield stuff because they're the tag champ, or they won the tag champs that night. Oh my god, in looking up. You're trying to look this up. You know what I just saw that I what? forgot was going on at this time, the exact same time. What's that? This was about to be. We were saved by disease for the only time because oh it was going to be the, the Pumpkin King versus <laughs> Bray Wyatt in a dress. Oh my God. Thank God. Pre pandemic, like, whatever. They get the measles or something like that. Like yes, it was, was or it was the mumps, or was the measles or the mumps? I was something like that, but yeah, 
like Roman Reigns got it. And then because remember, like Roman Reigns got sick, so they had to have Kurt Angle be an honorary member of the Shield. Yep. Such wacky stuff. Uh, that was Kurt Shield, Angle's first match back in the WWE. The Shield reunited because Roman Reigns was feuding with Braun Strowman, who had the Hounds of Justice. And the Shield reunited to fight back against them. See, that's why I forgot about it, because that was a stupid storyline. The Hounds of Justice were horrible. And yeah, 2017, it's like, that's when WWE started going back downhill again. Yeah, they were. And also, this is when Bray Wyatt was at one of his lowest points in the company, where they just clearly didn't know what to do. This is right before they just let him go, though, and go, hey, yeah, you want to make The Fiend? Yeah, sure, why not? You can try that. Yeah, he was... Is this when he was tagging with Matt Hardy, and they were uh, not quite the leaders yet. of worlds? I, I yeah, thought this that was is... a sweet tag team name, though. Sweet tag team name. This is right before that, because... He gets sick and then they like kind of just they cut the Finn Balor Bray Wyatt feud completely. And then he like comes back. They he starts feuding with Matt Hardy. And then by WrestleMania of next year, they're a tag team because I think they do they win the tag belts. They do win the tag belts because when they lose the tag belts, that's when they wrote Bray off. And he was gone for a while before he redebuted as the Fiend. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like. It wasn't a great run, but like the leader of worlds was one of the best tag team names ever. I mean, it's great wordplay. I can't deny that. All right. And then final debut slash return I want to talk about for pro wrestling is another wacky one. Because once again, like looking back to where we started this podcast, where pro wrestling was to where pro wrestling is now, wild stuff. Because in November... Chris Jericho, for the first time, made his return to New Japan Pro Wrestling to challenge Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 12 for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. And, like, there's a lot of people that will tell you different things about the moment AEW became a reality. And I truly believe that this is the moment AEW became a reality. Like Cody Rhodes, like an all in was like a huge, like stepping stone, but Chris Jericho going to new Japan, like leaving WWE doing something. He said that he would never do like it. It kind of, the glass kind of shattered in that moment. And like floodgates opened and this was, like, if you want to pinpoint a moment in history to, like, where it started, I believe it's this moment here. I, I, You really can't. We talk about all the time how Cody Rhodes is one of the, you know, foundations that, you know, AEW was built on. But without Chris Jericho, like, coming over and being this mainstream, like, wrestler that everyone knew and also who has all of these connections and has just been everywhere, knows all of these people and is so respected in the company in the business by the fans like you couldn't have got a better guy i guess in a lot of ways because yeah you needed this like young foundation of the bucks and kenny and cody to do this but without chris jericho 
they're once again just these four indie guys yelling at the wind. Like, and I don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, but to the you know general public, but then you get Chris Jericho standing here, who everyone remembers from their childhood. If you watched Attitude Era Wrestling, you remember the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. You know who Chris Jericho is, and he's now part of this pro wrestling company. He's going to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, I got to check this shit out. Chris Jericho, I think you're right. I don't think, like, there's another wrestler on this planet that could have, AEW could have benefited from more than Chris Jericho because, yeah, of his connections. Like, and I don't even, I'm even talking, like, The Rock, Stone Cold, like, people like that. I think Chris Jericho is different and like the connections he's made over his career like he's universally liked even though sometimes like he comes across as being an asshole but like you don't really find too many people like saying that they hate chris jericho besides like eddie kingston but uh (laughs) i don't know like it's crazy if they didn't have chris jericho i don't think AEW would have gotten a tv deal with like Turner, I don't think that AEW would have had as much success as it's had in its first three years. I think uh, people saw Chris Jericho was joining this upstart wrestling promotion and might have been like, that's cool. And it put eyes on it from other like bigger wrestlers like uh, Brian Danielson and like people like that. And like seeing, huh, you know, this is this seems like a pretty fun place to be you know i don't think if they had anybody else that would be like that so chris jericho i've said it before chris jericho is probably when it like at every aspect of a professional wrestler he's the greatest of all time like i think he like you can argue rick flair all day i think chris jericho is a better professional wrestler in every single aspect of professional wrestling rick flair and i will take that to my grave yeah i mean i guess Quasi sidebar on Chris Jericho here. We've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again, I'm sure. But as an all-around competitor, you're right. As just if you measure every attribute as a pro wrestler, you can't really beat him as an overall package. Yeah, you know, some other guys like might beat him on an individual thing. Like, oh, they might be a little better in the ring than him. They might be a little better at, you know, some people are a little better on the mic. Or something of that not nature, many. but not many, not many at all. They're, you know, but as a complete package, it's hard to top Chris Jericho because he just is that damn good at pro wrestling. He's he's done so many things and he's done them so well. Like I, you could give him any like character, it feels like, and he's going to figure out how to make it work and he's going to get it over. And then he's either going to break our hearts when he stops doing it, or we're all going to, you know, cheer when the dastardly heel finally gets what he deserves. He's the goddamn wizard right now. That's his gimmick. Like, (laughs) but it works. Like, and like, at first I'm like, why is he calling himself the wizard? And he explained it last week on Dynamite. It's because he threw that fireball at Kingston's face. I'm like, makes total sense. Sports entertainment. Like, I really love the Jericho Appreciation Society. I love that they have that, like, WWE bumper thing before their music. Like, like entertaining fans for, like, nine weeks. Like, I... 
like a lot of people say like they're poking fun at WWE too much, but this is fun. Like they're not just poking at WWE. They're just poking at like a culture of like WWE like has like, it's fun. And it's gonna, I think it's going to be awesome because they're about to start feuding with the uh, uh, Blackpool combat club, which is going to lead to a blood and guts match. And that's going to be amazing. And uh, how much you want to bet William Regal is the one who announces the match. Instead of saying blood and guts, yes, I'm excited. It's like AEW has a lot of good plates turning right now. Thank you, Chris Jericho. Back to our original statement. Thank you, Chris Jericho. Uh, so that's uh, all the debuts I have. Uh, just fun little fact that I just found as I was scrolling down the page. Do you know what pay-per-view WWE had in July? Which one of their pay-per-views? Great Balls of Fire. It damn well was Great Balls of Fire. I remember when I got the notification on my phone. Uh, I think we were leaving to go to like ICW or something like that. I'm like, oh my God. You're like, yeah, I heard about that earlier today. It's like, I can't believe they're using that name. And then the first like... uh, image of their logo for it it like clearly was a cock and balls like it just like honest to god like vince mcmahon just had to have been laughing his ass off the whole time like just and this is how little wwe had to care about things back then they were like yeah you know let's leave one of our you know split pay-per-views great balls of fire it'll be hilarious excuse me and the song came out the song came out 50 years ago. People don't know that song, right? Yeah. Everyone but, loves Great Balls of Fire. Like, I don't know if you have this information in front of you, but like, if memory serves, the main event of that pay per view was Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe. Yep. 100%. It was. And that was a great build for like a pretty lame match. Like, they did a good job building that match, and they only gave it like five minutes. And it was pretty much a squash match. It's like Samoa Joe should not have went down the way he went down. They should have had a competitive match. Even if he was going to lose it, like Samoa Joe was better than that. Uh, You know what else was on this card? This is a wild card. Hold on. The rest of this card was Neville taking on Akira Tozawa, Roman Reigns taking on Braun Strowman, Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks, Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt, Enzo Amori versus Big Cass. Jeez. The Miz versus Dean Ambrose, and Cesaro and Sheamus taking on the Hardys. This was this the pay per view where Cesaro like got his teeth like shoved up into his gums? I think it is. I think this is the what changed Cesaro from being able to not have to wear a mouth guard at all, like during matches. So I'm pretty sure that was against the Hardys. No, I believe it. This, like, even though this has Enzo versus Big Cass, like this card is very intriguing. I don't really remember a lot of the result, like. I need to start like writing this stuff down and actually going back and watching some of these shows because this actually sounds like a pretty fun show. I don't remember hating it. I just remember oh. the main event wasn't like great. Uh, we talked about this one recently as well, but do you know what pay-per-view also took place in July? No. Battleground 2017. Do you want to know why that is relevant? 
Yes, I want to know why. Because it was the return of the Punjabi prison. This was Randy Orton versus <laughs> Jinder Mahal in the Punjabi prison match. Oh, man, that was another pay-per-view where it ended and it just like bad taste in your mouth. That match was boring. And then have the great Kali come out and like help uh, Jinder Mahal win and then never even pay off on it. Like, like he like in the celebration, I remember Jinder or uh, great Kali was the one who was celebrating with the title ball. Like he won the match. Like. It was like when Lex Luger won at SummerSlam, beat Yokozuna by a countout, and they had confetti and balloons and celebrating like he just won the championship. It was, it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. No. Wow. 2017 is a weird year. It was a weird year. 2017 uh, was when we went to SmackDown. Jinder Mahal was champion. That is correct. Had a broken foot that year. I was I was really sick for that SmackDown. All right, though, um, well, that's all I have for pro wrestling to look back on right there. Uh, but I thought we'd keep moving on to other things that happened in 2017 because you know what else we always talk about on this podcast? The MCU. We talk about it constantly, and with good reason. The MCU is absolutely amazing, and I love it. And so, at 2017, we were pretty deep into the MCU. So, as I said, pretty deep into the Marvel Universe MCU at this point. In 2016, we got both Civil War and Doctor Strange. But in 2017, just as we were getting ready to start this podcast, almost exactly a little over five years ago at this point, you know what came out on May 5th? Would it be Infinity War? Uh, no, that is 2018. 2017 actually might, now looking at the three movies that came out, might have to rank very highly on your list of best years. for. Was the it Ragnarok? Uh, not yet, but 2017 is when Thor Ragnarok came out. So, Guardians 2. That is correct. May 5th, 2017 is when Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out. That's sweet. So basically, to put it into context, at this point in 2017, I've only seen like a few of the movies. Wasn't super into the MCU as of yet. Wasn't until like about, I don't know, I think it was about early 2018 is when like I decided to like just sit down and go through every single one of them. Um, so I was a few months out before like I actually saw them. So I thought at this point, like everybody was weird and like, how could you like these superhero movies? I don't know what's wrong with this world, but what is going on until I actually saw them and realized that they're some of the best movies that have ever been produced in the history of the world. Like, so yeah, but I'm glad I'm like on the bandwagon now and like looking back and I know when everything came out because I've watched all the movies a number of times and then what order so i can pretty much like piece it together so like i really like guardians too and i got in an argument i don't know if i told you this uh when i was working at sales i got in an argument with one of the cooks about uh guardians 2 being better than guardians 1 and like he said he didn't like guardians 2 and like i'm just like you're wrong guardians 2 is better it's funnier the story's better it's just yeah 
Ego is actually not that bad of a villain. Yeah, I uh, I would say Guardians 2 is definitely better than Guardians 1. And the only thing really wrong with Guardians 2 is kind of the CGI final battle. Like, every bit of character development in the movie is great. All of the different story-like beats that they have kind of working all simultaneously together, I think all tie together really well. I think, yeah, the major blight I have against that movie is just the final CGI battle between Kurt Russell and Chris uh, Pratt. Because it's just, it's so hard to watch. But then it does have two of the best little parts in it. Because Rocket explaining to Groot about the bomb might be the cutest and funniest thing in any of the Marvel movies. Because just him pushing that button, I know it's dumb as hell. I don't care. I laugh at it still. Just thinking about it right now has put a smile on my face. And then the part with... Uh, Yondu flying Peter Quill up and saving him and sacrificing his own life. Like that part, you know, brings a tear to my eye. And then especially the Ravager funeral at the end. Like that's that's grade A quality stuff. Like, I mean, there's been recent movies that have bumped this one out of my top five. But like it wasn't my top five for a while. It's definitely still in my top ten. Yeah, like... You're right. Baby Groot is the best version of Groot. Like right at the beginning when they're all fighting and Groot's dancing, that is like the perfect opening for like any Marvel movie. And then like the bomb sequence or the bomb scene is really hilarious. But also the scene where uh, um, Rocket and Zandu are locked up and they're trying to get (laughs) Groot to get his other Mohawk. And he brings them everything, including that eye. And like, then. uh, Rocket's like, oh, I can use this for later. And then it comes back in Infinity War and he gives it to Thor, which I'm like, that was a nice touch. Like, I didn't see that coming. Like, I liked that. Like, and a lot of people didn't pick up on that, but I did. And I appreciated that. But like, yeah, that movie is awesome. And definitely in my top 10, it's probably six or seven. I need to sit down and update my list because I haven't done it in a while. And there's been a bunch of movies that have come out. So yeah, I need to update my list. We should do one week. We should just do our Marvel list to see, like, where we're both at, like, what, like how close we are to what movies we like the best. I'm totally down. Look at that, folks. You're now getting a peek behind the screen. Of, we, uh, could even we... Do it, we could even do it tournament format if you wanted. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could set it up that way. But then, you know, some uh, maybe, maybe. We'll have to think That's, about it. We could do both. No. I'd be I'd be fine with doing both. No, we'll 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 workshop it. We'll figure it out. So next on the Marvel slate after uh, Guardians two would have been the first Marvel Sony Spider Man Homecoming, and this oh, is man. when they brought Spider Man back, and everyone fell in love with Tom Holland. Like he was great in Civil War, but the part was so short, and we're all like, "Is this gonna work?" And then Spider-Man Homecoming came out. And it's hard to argue that um, Michael Keaton's Vulture isn't, if not one of the best, top three villains in all the MCU. Because the first time you watch that movie, that twist that he is uh, her father. And when they go to pick up for prom is still so just juicy. And it's right there in front of you the whole time. And you just don't think about it. Yeah. 
And like I, the second time I watched that movie, I forgot about that. But sometimes, like I think your brain like like forgets things on purpose, so then you can like get shocked again later. Um, but yeah, it. I remember there being like an uproar about like doing another Spider-Man franchise. And then after this movie came out, it got quiet pretty quick because like everybody realized that, okay, that was a good film. And I wonder where this would be in my list. It's definitely out of the three Spider-Man movies. I mean, I think it's pretty universal that this is probably number three. I think, it, I think it goes no way home, uh, far from home than homecoming in that order for the, like, I think they did a good job with the rise and you don't see that a lot. Yeah. You don't see that a lot with trilogies. Usually it maybe the sequel might be better than the original and you get to the third one. You're like, Oh my God, it's matrix all over again. But then, (laughs) but then it's like, yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man. Well, chef's kiss. Yeah. I love Spider-Man homecoming. And I guess to give some relevance, I've mentioned it before, but, from Age of Ultron on, I have seen every single Marvel movie the night that it comes out in theaters with my buddy Eric, uh, my brother That's sometimes. Black Widow. Oh, not Black Widow. Correct. Sorry. I missed That's Black the only one. There's an asterisk. But like There's that wasn't your fault. They didn't put it in theaters. So, Yeah. Pandemic asterisk right there. It doesn't break your streak. It doesn't. But yeah, so I have seen all the movies and I remember going to see Spider-Man Homecoming with, I was, I was excited because I really thought Tom Holland was going to be a great Spider-Man, but I just didn't know in what direction they were going to try and take this character because it was, it was the third time we've done Spider-Man in just like less than two decades. And it felt like, come on, can we just, I know we have to redo Batman every five years, but do we have to redo Spider-Man every five years as well? But then, yeah, just hit it right out of the fucking park, out of the gate. And just now we're, you know, chomping at the bit for more Tom Holland Spider-Man. And he's signed. I I can't believe they got him to sign another three-picture deal. Like, that's nuts. There's going to be in this, like, like version of Spider-Man, we're getting six movies. Plus all the other movies that he's been in, like Infinity War, Endgame, Civil War, and like whatever he's going to be in in the future as well. It's like we're getting a lot of Tom Holland Spider-Man, and I'm not complaining at all. Not one bit. And then for the final Marvel movie that came out in 2017, we talked about earlier how usually when you get to the third movie, it's all downhill. This is the odd thing where the third movie is by far the best movie in a trilogy because Thor Ragnarok came out in November. And I still say that Thor Ragnarok, besides Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, which I just don't count because I don't think they should be because it's just shouldn't be encountered in it. Ragnarok has to be in my top three. If you do count it, I think you have to put them together too. Yeah. And then it has to be number one. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. I think you have to eliminate. Like, if we make our list, we'll explain that it's eliminated. Those movies are obviously the best, yeah. like Harry Potter and the uh, Deathly Hallows. It's obviously the best. It's not fair. You can't 
put anything up against it. But everything has built to those moments. It can't be topped by anything of the building blocks of the moments that are all building exactly. to this one fucking thing. So you said that Thor Ragnarok is your favorite. Like it's in my like... top three. I, I once oh, again, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I have to redo. Top three. I, I agree with that. I think that it was my top besides uh, Infinity War Endgame until No Way Home came up. I think, and I think it was a really hard thing to do to like surpass like how good Ragnarok was in my mind, but like they did it and they did it by a lot. And I don't know if like there's ever going to be another Marvel movie that comes out that short of a big ensemble like Endgame, Infinity War like type thing that's going to be that's going to top No Way Home. Like that was, I mean, there's so much to unpack with that movie. There's nostalgia. There's just the multiverse. Like it's the first actual movie with the multiverse. You just have so much going on. And like, it's a three hour movie that feels like it's 25 minutes. It just flew right by. So like, yeah. But Ragnarok, definitely in my top three. Thor Ragnarok is the perfect amount. A lot of people complain about the Marvel Universe being too comedic at times and not taking like full on like revering or, you know, in like the drama of moments and things. I think Thor Ragnarok was the perfect balance of like this movie is truly funny. Like there are moments in Thor Ragnarok that make me honest to God bust a gut. Like, anything with Korg, like, I cannot not laugh. And then Loki's reaction oh, shit, to first it's a seeing ghost. The... <laughs> Loki fucking seeing Hulk for the first time, or even just the line, I have no idea who that is. Like, it's just the perfect amount of quippiness, and then the action of the movie, and the storyline that they're telling through the movie, of, like, and, like, Hela, as a villain, though a one-shot, like, Damn, like she right away with with the breaking of Molnir, like that scene, like that sets that movie. I know it was spoiled in the trailers and everything. Didn't matter. That move, that scene is still impactful at this time. Well, there's there's a lot of great stuff. Jeff Goldblum's in the movie. Uh, also, the scene where um, Stan Lee is the barber and cutting Thor's hair. Please don't great. cut my hair. Like, <laughs> There's so much great about that movie. But uh, the reason why I think it's so great is because it's directed by Takai Watiti, who is awesome. And I'm so excited that he's directed, that he directed Thor Love and Thunder because, yeah, like if it's anything like Ragnarok, it's going to be better than Ragnarok because it has Guardians in it. And like Thor... And the Guardians, those are my two favorite. So you're putting them in the movie together, and they were great in Infinity War and Endgame. So you're putting them in the movie together. It's going to be, okay, when I said No Way Home, like it's going to take a lot for them to surpass that. This movie actually might do it. So I don't know what I was yeah. talking about earlier. Uh, I'm I thought you might have forgotten about Love and Thunder. because I did. I did. That I did. trailer. I'm going to be marking out the whole fucking time during this whole movie because literally those are my two favorite like franchises in the MCU and like putting them together. is just, yeah, 
it's like I'm gonna be in heaven. I'm I'm probably gonna stop watching the MCU after that movie because it's like I don't need it. I don't need to anymore. I've seen everything I've needed to. I'm out. I mean, uh, that's not true. There's no way I can stop at this point. Like, I'm hooked. But you're in too deep. I don't even know what my point is anymore. Where was I going with this? I don't know. You know what's weird though? I just thought with TT. Yeah. On that note, so I was just thinking about this. It's kind of weird that the two your two favorite franchises now i know you like the first two thors whatever but the third one's really when it just like was cemented as it being amazing and yeah. now it's like takai's show like he's he is the thor director and the guardians are james gunn's show and they're the only two marvel franchises that like no no this is the director like all the rest of the franchises have had multiple different directors for different iterations besides, of the movie. Besides the Avengers, like ensembles, they were all directed by uh, the brothers. So what are their names? Not the first uh, one. First one's directed okay. by uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, you're right. But Infinity War and Endgame were both directed by yeah. uh, what you call the Russo brothers. Yeah. So like that was their movies. Yeah. Um, didn't they direct? But Civil there's other War as Avengers. Well? Josh Whedon also, is the one who directed uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, you're right. Um, they also did Captain America Civil War. You're talking about the Russos. They did Civil War. Um, they did a couple of the Civil uh, Captain America ones. Yeah. Winter Soldier. Uh, and, like, they did a good job with directing, like, the Guardians and Thor together. So I'm excited for Takai Watiti and then... Yeah, then it's going to be bittersweet when we get uh, Guardians 3 because it's going to be the end. But at least James Gunn is back, and it's it's going to be awesome. You know it's going to be great. Uh, and before we get that, this Christmas, we get the Christmas special. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. There's so much yeah. going on. So much going on. But, yeah, those were the three Marvel movies of 2017. And this is before, you know, Disney Plus and all of the, you know, series that came out now. But I think at this, would 2017 have been when we got the Netflix series? Or is that still too soon? Uh, it's about that time, I would say. Maybe 2018 at the latest is when Daredevil came out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not looking it up. I've, 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 I've looked up enough tonight already. But yeah, uh, so that was my little chat about Marvel. So on that note, hey. so we don't always talk about, I mean, we actually talk about music a fair amount on this podcast. So Diesel suggested that uh, we should look back and see what the uh, top 10 rated, you know, songs of 2017 were. And I found it off of uh, the Billboard uh, Top 100. So, I mean, these aren't all, I remember all of these songs and I definitely still are played constantly. Not always everything that I would pick, but what do you think the number one song of 2017 was? Dude, I don't even remember what came out in 2017. Uh, all right, I'll give you uh, some clues. It's done by a, it's a man, uh, it's a single guy, and it goes by his own name, so it's not a band. And it's still that narrows it down. It narrows it down to like two people in my mind. Okay. And I'm going to just take a stab in the dark and say it's Ed Sheeran. You got the artist right. I don't remember the name of the song, but I know what song it is. I can't think of what it's called, though. It's uh, Shape of You. Yep, that's the one. That makes sense for yeah. uh, 2017. Yeah. I don't really like that song very much. 
I don't I don't mind Ed Sheeran. He's... I don't mind Ed Sheeran. I just that song like it's like it was number one, so it's been played a lot. So like yeah. I just when I hear it, it's just like ah, I'm changing the radio station. I've heard it a lot. I really love the music video for Drunk because it's just him going around and getting drunk with his cat at all these bars. And I don't know why, but it makes me smile every time I watch it. So I've watched that music video a fair amount of times. All right, number two. Uh, this was one of, this song was also freaking everywhere. And it is not in English. Oh. I don't know. No idea? No. Despacito. Uh, I wouldn't have got that. No? All right. That's fair. I feel like working in a bar, I heard this song, like someone would play it on the fucking jukebox every other like 20 seconds. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what song you're talking about by name. If I heard it, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah. Despacito. I mean, sure. Fine. All right. You look at you listen look it up after we're done with this podcast because we're not playing it because we're getting in trouble. Oh, I know. Copyrights. I got it. Yeah. Uh so next number three, it was That's What I Like by Bruno Mars. I don't know how to give uh clues on that. Four is Humble I don't mind that by Kendrick song, Lamar. Though. You like that I song? Like, uh, I don't mind that song. I like Bruno Mars. See that song I can't bring to my mind at all. I have no idea what that like melody even is. I mean, I can't do it right now. I, but like, I know the song. Man, I don't know half these. The next one I said is "Humble" by Kendrick Lamar. Uh, next is something just like this by the Chainsmokers and Coldplay. Oh, that's a good song. No. Yeah. You'd know it if you heard it, especially working in a bar. Like, oh. if the song is played a lot. It's actually not a bad song. I like that song. Yeah, I'm sure I would hear all these songs and know them. Uh, next is Bad and Bougie by Migos. Yeah, nope. No idea. No. <laughs> uh, next is Closer featuring Halsey by The Chainsmokers. Okay. Uh, next is number eight. Body Like a Back Road by Sam Hunt. I'm guessing that's a country song. I'm guessing so. <laughs> uh, this is the first band that I actually like, like because I, uh, I do like them and I don't care. Uh, it's Believer by Imagine Dragons. See, I don't like Imagine Dragons. There's just something about their sound that just doesn't get to me. They did come out with that song last year that I did like a lot, though. I can't remember what it's called, though. Immortal? No, I mean, Believer, I guess, isn't the worst of their stuff. Like that one, I can like stand. There's just some of them, like, I don't know. I've just heard too much, I guess. They're, I don't know. They are very overplayed. I won't. They I do won't have a distinct thing. sound, though. Like, and I don't know. I just, it's not my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah, I dig it. And number 10 was Congratulations by Post Malone. Post Malone's not that bad. He was actually the musical guest on Saturday Night Live on Saturday. Oh, I thought he, like? he did. I thought he killed it. Huh. I don't have anything against Post Malone. I don't like. I've never bought any of his music, and like, 
I don't go out of my way to listen to his music, but every time I hear him, I always think like he looks harder than his music actually is. <laughs> I mean, can't deny that fact. Can't deny that fact at all. All right. Uh, but that was top 10 music. As I said, there wasn't really much uh, that uh, I knew anything about. Yeah. So let's talk a little sports. Diesel, do you know who won the, uh, I don't know, pick one? The Super Bowl? Yeah. You know what Super Bowl that was? Because I do. 2017. Was that, that was the the Patriots Falcons? Yes. Yep. Yes, it was. Yeah, the most epic comeback in NFL history. I mean, yeah. you can't even argue that it's not because it happened in the Super Bowl. So that, that trumps everybody's argument. That's, that's all you have to say. It was the Super Bowl. It was no. 25 points. That's a huge deficit. Like, yeah, it's – and shout out to uh, uh, SB Nation on YouTube because they're, like, seven-part, like, look at the Falcons franchise is one of the best things I've ever seen, like, produced on YouTube. Not even uh, Yeah, Secret Base has that – it was the most fun thing to watch I have about a team that I cared so little about. Like, I really don't care about the Atlanta Falcons in the slightest, but watching that seven-part series was freaking awesome. Well, you had to watch it because, like, you knew, like, at the end, you were going to be totally excited about how it ends because, you know, the end. So, like, for you, they had you, like, hook, line, and sinker from yeah. the minute they posted the first video. For me, who has no interest in either franchise, like, liking it so much, I think, means more. If anyone just heard that on camera, I'm sorry. That was my daughter burping. <laughs> uh, uh, so the World Series, 2017 World Series. Uh, want to say the Cubs were 16. Astros in 2017. I will tell you in one second. Just my screen went far too far down. The oh my gosh, why is baseball all the way at the freaking top? It's America's pastime. Put it up first. There we go. Oh freaking hell! That's that's the World Baseball Classic. I don't want that. Not the World Series. Can we also talk about how ridiculous it is? It's called the World Series, and it's only the United States in the actual World Series. Yeah, but it has people that are represented from around the world. It's the best talent in the world in this league. So I don't think it's super ridiculous that it's called the World Series. Uh, I mean, Japan has a pretty damn good baseball system. Yeah, but I bet you if they had a season where it was major league teams versus Japanese teams. I'm not saying that Japan wouldn't like end up winning the world series, but. Uh, you are correct though, that the Astros did win the world series uh, that year. 
Was it against uh, the I, Giants? Or who no. was it against? One more guess. Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd get it with one more guess. I knew it was uh, AL, or NL West. Yeah, through the magic of editing, my daughter is now back asleep and not crying on the podcast. So, whoa, magic happens, folks. But yeah, the Astros won their MLB. Is this when the cheating accusation started then? No, it was 2019 is when it happened because I remember like everyone was saying the Astros were lucky because the 2020 season was basically like canceled and like, yeah, there was no ramifications from it. Like a lot of the people got their jobs back and like. Or got new jobs at the same level. Yeah. So, but yeah. So next is the NBA. Next is the NBA. I'm going to say that it was the Cavs and the Warriors in the finals. But wow. who won? Can you remember who won? I think it was the Warriors because I think the Cavs won in 2016. You are correct, good sir, because this could- is when we had the repeat finals, which was kind of shocking because not that – I mean, they were the best two teams in the NBA at the time. But just you don't expect to actually see this happen where you get it two years in a row. Yeah, it's it's nice that last year was a couple of fresh teams because like LeBron has been in the finals so much. It's kind of it's kind of refreshing that it's like two years in a row now. LeBron's not in the he, LeBron didn't even make the playoffs this year, so uh, which is very rare. Um, very rare. Yeah, so. I wasn't really too into this because I think during this time, it kind of got a little like boring with it being LeBron in the playoffs every year. And then, then it being the Warriors and LeBron and like just going back and forth. Like it just, yeah, there's a weird, our like young adulthood in the NBA was weird because there's, there's only a couple teams that like mattered. Like it was the heat, the Lakers, the Cavs and the Warriors snuck in there, and we had the Celts for Spurs. just that. Uh, Spurs, but the Spurs, the Spurs won five championships, and like sneakily, everyone forgets about them. And like, yeah, sneakily, like during, they won five. Tim Duncan's won five championships. That's nuts, and nobody ever talks about the Spurs. Yeah, because they were just the quiet, you know, quiet team. Just fundamentals, baby. Lose. And like they didn't lose when they went to the championship, and that's they just don't like people talk about Greg Popovich, but they don't talk about the Spurs. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, the NHL champion, fuck them, was the Penguins. Jog on, fucking hates it. The Penguins. Kid. Yeah, of the year they beat the Preds, and we we're all really rooting for the Predators to win. Yeah, I don't commit the NHL champions to memory, just probably because. Just don't follow the NHL like that closely. I have been a little bit in the playoffs this year. Go Blues! Yeah, I'm. I'm officially just annoyed at the playoffs at this point as the Bruins are out and freaking all the. I I guess quasi sidebar. I don't. I and it sounds very elitist, but I hate basically any team that is in the South and has an NHL team, like because we in Wisconsin don't get one. And it pisses me off that all of you warm weather fuckers who already get all of the other great things about living in just a warmer climate, that you also get a fucking hockey team. 
So, no, I don't respect any of these freaking Southern teams. And the fucking Canes took out the Bruins. And the goddamn Tampa. I I fucking hate all the Southern goddamn NHL teams. Make me angry. So I say, go Blues. Yeah. At least they're, you know, nice and here in the Midwest. Midwest, yeah. It snows there. Yeah, it snows there. I, I respect it. As long as it snows where the hockey team is, I'm fine with it. Unless you're the Flyers. Fuck the Flyers. And the Penguins, apparently. Oh, I, I mean, honestly, as a Bruins fan, I basically hate 90% of the NHL. Any any team in Pennsylvania can pretty much go fuck themselves is what Chad's saying. Pretty much, yeah. I, I stand by that. I, I This is Chad, <laughs> and I stand by that statement. Cool. All right. Are, are we doing, like, college championships? Oh, like, sure. I can, uh, I can grab that real quick. Who do you think was the 2017 uh, March Madness winner? Uh, 2017, I'm just going to say uh, Duke. Wait, is that? Yeah, that's that's weird. Uh, do you know who was the, in the championship game? It was Gonzaga and UNC. Uh, which was this year's? No. It was close to being was, this year's. Yeah, UNC won it all. It was, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, And UNC won it all also in 2017. Not a shocker because they win it all a lot. Yeah. And I'm just going to guess, put stab in the dark, the national champion for football is Alabama. What? I don't know why you would guess that it would be Alabama. They don't ever win anything. At least they were in the game. I can almost guarantee that. seems like they're in it every year. Oh, it wasn't. But you are correct that Alabama was in the game. Do you know who beat them? Was it LSU? No, it was the Clemson Tigers with okay, number okay. four. With uh, who the hell? Damn quarterback! Trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, my memory is drawing a blank too. I don't know. This was about the time I stopped like really paying attention to college football. I, mean, I just had too much wrestling going on in my life around 2017. Yeah. It's just like I don't have time for college football on top of that. So I got to pick. And I'm not not watching the NFL. That's not happening. So I'm trying to see who the fucking quarterback was for Clemson. Yeah, it is who I thought it was. Deshaun fucking Watson. Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at his picture, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Deshaun Watson, but I couldn't find how many, any. How like, many people were listening to this yelling, Deshaun Watson? Probably one. There's probably, probably one person. Yeah. yeah. If we're lucky. It wasn't Tom. Sorry, Tom, but you don't. You probably didn't know that. And if you did know that, I'm sorry. I didn't mean no offense. <laughs> 2017, Deshaun Watson was still in college football. Once again, this like retrospective episode is kind of blowing my fucking mind. And now he's with the Browns. Basically in the exact same uniform as he was at Clemson. Usually, like if you're a quarterback drafted number one overall and you're with the Browns, it's not not a good thing. The Browns didn't even draft him. <laughs> he ended up with the Browns. What are the odds? That never happens. And they're letting go of their other number one draft pick, Baker Mayfield. 
but nobody wants him. And I don't understand. Like, he's better than some quarterbacks out there. Like, there's a team that could definitely use him for sure. And I'll tell you what he's definitely better at commercials than a lot of the other guys. So get him in your market and he can do some commercials for you at least. Yeah. Okay. That's enough sports talk. Let's do a quick retrospective on our lives. Diesel diesel. Where were you in 2017? Uh, watching a lot of wrestling. Like I said, still living with my parents, not much going on. Uh, 2017 is when I became motivated and confident, though, and I lost a ton of weight, and then I broke my foot, and then I had surgery, and then I had hernia surgery, and but I believe that 2017 was also the start of a lot of good things for me, too. So I believe the podcast was actually the beginning of what was to come in the next five years if you okay if we go back five years and like on the first episode you would have been like what is the world gonna look like in five years and how is your world gonna look i wouldn't have said what is actually my reality today which is crazy so it's crazy so whenever anyone asks you like what do you see in five years tell them to go fuck themselves because there's no way you don't you don't know like you can't plan that far ahead things happen like for you for instance did you think five years ago that you would be a father own your own house no uh five years ago i was still dating allison yeah we'd been together at that point for a few years but I was still, I mean, it wasn't, I was sure that I wanted to spend probably the rest of my life with Allison and everything, but I was definitely way on the fence for kids still. I mean, five years ago, I was, I was just turning 30. Like I was just about to turn 30 actually. And I won't lie. I had a little bit of a freak out for a second over turning 30. Cause it's just a crazy thing to be out of your twenties, but you yeah, know, just listen to the Bo Burnham song about it. Yeah. It's not a lie. And so when that happened, I was, you know, freaking out for a minute. And would I have said, hey, Chad of the future or the past, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. In five years, you're going to own a house. You're going to have your first child. She's going to be healthy and you're going to be married to Allison. I would have probably gone, I believe, one of those things. Like the marriage to Allison, I was like, yeah, that's going to happen. But I also was of the mindset at that time that I honestly didn't know if I ever really wanted to own a house. Like owning a house at that time seemed like such a ridiculous concept that I didn't need to do. Like, why would I take on all this extra responsibilities? Like I could just call someone to come fix something. And why would I give that up for my apartment living? Like, so yeah, no, I would never have said where I am today, five years ago. It's, it is crazy. Like, and then we have all this, like back catalog of episodes it's almost like a time capsule of our lives from the past five years because we've discussed so much of our lives on this podcast for the last five years so like we can always go back and like and i have gone back and uh listened to episodes and even watched a few of them that are on youtube 
and just been like, wow, I actually remember talking about this and relearning things. Like I just relearned that you eat all your chips before you eat your sandwich, like me from an episode that I listened to. And we had this discussion, like, that's cool. Cause that's exactly what I do as well. And like, I forgot we chatted about that, but that's out there. That's in, that's in the universe. It's recorded. Anybody can listen to that, which is crazy. So we probably shouldn't run for politics because of all this stuff that's out there. Cause like probably some not. things could be, could be misconstrued <laughs> that, Very that easily. Said. and being involved with JR. It's probably not a good thing either. So, I mean, that's uh, career suicide right there. So exactly. So yeah, it's, it's and now nuts. I just said suicide and now, now they're going to sound bite that. I'll never be able to run for office. It's nuts. The path that we've taken to get to where we're at. We've, We've probably done just as many, if not more, like episodes like via video chat than in person, which is crazy to think. Because we started doing these video chat episodes in 2020 and like yeah. April of 2020. So it's been two years. And yeah, it's it's nuts. It's absolutely wild. And I do think about the fact that, and I even said it, and I know she can't probably remember it, but she probably understands it. But someday it'll probably, like, I'll go to Cooper. Hey, if you want to see what I was like from, uh, you know, my 30s till whenever we stopped doing this podcast, you can go back. It's all, you know, transcribed on the internet. And, you know, everything on the internet doesn't go away. So it'd be kind of cool that my daughter can eventually look back on it if she so chooses. And five years ago, if you were said that we were still doing this in five years, I've been like, yeah, I don't know about that. We're not even that good at this. Like, but then my question would have been like, how much money are we making? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty What's sure I'd plan? be pissed. I'd probably be pissed. Like, uh, past self would be pissed at my future self. You're, you're doing this for five years. You're not making a penny. Nah. I, I feel that past Chad would also be quite upset. And he would also look at my long hair right now and go, what the fuck are you doing with your hair? I actually think it works. I like it. I like what's going on with your hair right now. Well, thanks, Diesel. I'm glad you do. Uh, anything else we want to talk about from our lives from five years ago? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things we can talk about, but I don't know. Like, so much has changed, but at the same time, like, we're still the same. Like, just better versions of ourselves. We're just yeah, continuing to I, grow and evolve. I would agree with that statement. Better versions of ourselves. Like, we're making a path for ourselves in this world and just get out of our way. Because if you don't, then we're just going to wait until you do. Yeah. Or hop on board, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Or whatever you got to do. Okay, that was Nostalgia Trip. Also, quick shout out to everyone who's part of, or ever been a part of Visionaries Global Media or Visionaries Wrestling Network. Like, honestly, if I would have ever thought that I would have talked to and met so many cool people, like, just through this podcast, and we say it all the time, I don't care. It's not blowing smoke. It's a true statement. I absolutely love you all for being a part of Visionaries Global Media. And one of my lights just went out behind me and it freaked me out. But 
besides that, just, yeah, thank you all so much for being a part of it and, you know, helping us, you know, get our voices out there to everyone. Because as I said, since episode one, a rising tide raises all ships and all of you doing podcasts and letting us distribute them for Visionaries Global Media has only helped all of us. So thank you. All right, that sound effect, that's something that has changed many times how we run the show, what we actually do as part of this show. But I feel like we've basically always had this segment. It's the one thing we've always done. The end of the show is final thoughts. So the sound effect may have changed and how we get into it, but Diesel, final thoughts from you tonight. Final thoughts is this is the final podcast that I do where I am not a married man, which is another weird thing to think after a retrospective of the last five years. But uh, yeah, I'm Friday at 3 p.m. I think is the time that we set for the ceremony. That's when we're getting married and Chad will be in attendance. It will be. And he should uh, feel very special because it's getting a small, small gathering. So not many people are invited. So that's exciting. We still got a lot of stuff we have to do to get ready for uh, Friday. Uh, Emily took tomorrow off. I might just take tomorrow off too, just to help her out. She has another set of hands, so she's not doing it all by herself. But happy yeah. life, happy life. Yep, I know that. I mean, even though, like, basically, the only thing that changes in our relationship is just the piece of paper that's saying we're legally a couple. Yeah, that's it. Because when we come home, because we are going to the Wisconsin Dells, like immediately after our wedding, and we got a resort that we're staying at Friday and Saturday night. And so when we get home on Sunday, it's just it's gonna be life back to normal. Like we're just, I'm just gonna have a ring on my finger. You get used to it real quick. I'll tell you that. And then you feel like you feel very naked if you don't have it on. It's an odd feeling. I understand that. I feel that way with like my watch. Hundred um, so, yeah, percent. I so yeah. That's Friday. I'm excited for this weekend too, just to hang out in the Dells and we got reservations to the Dell Bar and yeah, just gonna find some uh, wacky things to do and just have a good time. I'm quite excited for you, Diesel. I'm very excited that I will be there Friday to see it and celebrate with you and then my weekend is actually exciting in kind of a scary way because this is the first weekend that allison is going out of town so i will be left alone with my beautiful baby daughter cooper but you know what folks it's gonna be good i'm actually not really that concerned i'm you know excited it's gonna be fun and you know these are the joys of parenthood is figuring this you got this yeah you got this but I, i understand what you're going through it's yeah yeah, it's like, oh no, I'm by myself. Oh no. <laughs> no, you got this. It's yeah. it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. Yeah. So it's a very exciting weekend for both of us, but seriously, I can't wait for Friday and such a I'll say congratulations there again. But I'll say congratulations for future events right now here on the podcast. So that it's always remembered that I did say congratulations. Uh, I appreciate that, but uh also your situation is kind of the opposite of my situation. You're, you have to be 
watching Cooper by yourself while Allison goes out of town. I'm going out of town and just shipping Benji off to my parents and just being like, be good. Peace out. But it's it's well-deserved, like, seven months. Like, I think we've earned uh, a night away or two. I, you know. I, I do believe you definitely have earned the time away. I mean, but we'll, we'll definitely be missing the little guy and everything like that. And the Dells is not that far away either. And with modern technology, I'm sure everything will be fine. We'll be able to video chat if we need to. And Everything will be fine. Everything's yep. going to be all right. But Diesel, why don't you do some social media stuff so we can get on out of here? You can follow me on Twitter at Diesel underscore VFTR. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad underscore mind or at VFTR2PO. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram by searching View from the Top Rope Official. We're on YouTube at View from the Top Rope. Of View from Top Rope at gmail.com is our email address. Follow Visionaries Global Media on Twitter at Viz Global Media. Visionaries Global Media at gmail.com is where you're going to send in your podcast to be reviewed and uploaded to the network and be a part of this great podcasting family where you will be heard on platforms such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podknife, and Podable. And obviously just so, so many others. Just type in Visionaries Global Media into a search engine. You'll find us on a podcasting platform you enjoy. As always, we thank you all so very much for tuning into this madness that we call a podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed this trip down memory, memory lane this week. And hopefully it's gotten you through that boring workday, that workout that we're so proud of you for finishing, or whatever else you were doing while you're listening to this podcast. As always, though, I have been Chad. He has been Diesel. Please remember, be kind to each other out there. We're all just humans trying to survive on this spinning blue orb. There's no reason to be a dick about it. Just give someone a smile. Help them out. Just be nice. But always remember to climb up high and enjoy VFTR 2.0.